0: Menounos. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Better Together. When you know better, you get better. That is what we do here every single day. It is Thursday, February 11th, 2021. Our quote of the day, as I deal with my disorganized, sloppy mess of a desk right now, is, don't be a slob. That's from Maria Meninos. I have like 18 pens. I got a poodle. I got everything. All right. Here we go. Our quote of the day. Whatever it is you're good at, it's time for you to turn that shit up. Turn it 10 times up for all those who need your medicine. That is from our guest today, Sahara Rose. She wrote a really great book called Discover Your Dharma. Uh, The foreword was written by the great Deepak Chopra. Uh, She's like the Deepak for the millennials. Mm -hmm. And she's been on the show before and has shared her wisdom and her knowledge and I know I have followed her advice. Yeah. I'm still tongue scraping because of
3: Sahara.
1: Amazing. But I
3: think that's, a, yeah, for the millennials, I think that it makes her different than Deepak. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. like he's a little bit more philosophical and she's that, but then she's also, there's also practical.
0: Yeah. I don't think Deepak would say, turn that shit up.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I think you'd be surprised. But she
0: does. Yeah, I, if I could do an Indian accent, I would try it, but I'm not good at it. It's a really cool. Guy. Um, welcome back, everyone. Our heel squad. We are here on the in the East Coast studio, and of course, today our friend Sahara Rose is going to help us, amongst other things, discover who we really are, what we're really good at, what our mission is on this planet and that's what uh dharma is all about we're going to discover our dharma today we all took quizzes that's right um and i think it's kind of our never-ending quest right is to find out who we are try to live up to that try to fulfill our mission here figure out what our mission is so um she has some quick means to get us there that i'm really excited to share with you guys i'm excited i'm excited very
4: excited um if there's anything I've learned about 2021, it's that internet quizzes are the best way of finding out who you are.
0: Oh boy, Stephen!
3: Oh boy, well, listen, you know what? No, no, I... I... I think <laughs> I took the quiz. The skeptic. No, no, but yes, I took the, the quiz. No, back. No, I think that it's very broad. He's he's right, but 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 by having her on the show, and I think just asking ourselves, yeah. you know, even just to ask ourselves, what's our mission, Maria? How many? Do any of us? Do? I don't do that. Mm-hmm. I just get up. I, you know, I'm I'm wired 20th century. Get up, work hard, make mm-hmm. money, take care of your family, be a good person. That's it. And then, but when you when you have people like this come on and go, wait, why don't you start looking at what your mission is? Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden you go, wait, well, what is my mission? Oh, and maybe you're fulfilling your mission in more ways than you think. And then you go, you know what? I am actually successful. And in the bigger picture of things. You know, I am doing what I'm supposed to do, and I am serving what I'm, you know. So anyway, looking at her book today got me there, and I know. So I'm really excited to have her on. Very important guest.
1: I am, too. And I feel like taking the quiz, I don't know if you guys, I think you guys felt this way because we talked about it a little bit, but I wanted to answer, like, multiple things on there. So I'm interested to talk to her just kind of about how, like, okay, this is my one thing. Like, does it ebb and flow? Like, and I'm sure it does, but I'll be interested to hear from her. Well, it's interesting when you take these
0: quizzes, any kind of quiz, because mm-hmm. there's only limited numbers of options and you are not a limited human. There's so many things that fit your bill. So a lot of times I'm like, well, I'm this. Well, I'm not too. Well, you need a quiz too. buddy, Maria. You need a quiz buddy. A quiz I was being buddy. a shitty quiz buddy to Kevin because I was trying to multitask at the same time as he was starting his thing. And then I needed him, and so then I realized I was being a shitty quiz buddy, so I had to be a better quiz buddy. So was he
1: was my quiz buddy this morning. Oh,
3: Vincenza. Yeah, yeah, she was But you quiz do need buddy. like another person to say, yeah. no, you're, you're X, you're not Y. Yeah. So sometimes, you know, it's... because yeah, you
0: mean. battle who you want to be and some of the things you think you are, but then someone else is like, no, no, no. Someone who really knows you and is going to um, carefully represent you is um, sometimes helpful.
4: Yeah, I think the internet quizzes are, are, they're good because we're in a generation where everyone's move, 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 move. And it's not too much self-examination. So when there's some kind of question or some kind of tally put in front of you of like, why do you think a certain way? Or how do you think that way? Or what is it that inspires you to think this way? Yeah. It kind of leaves you to think. I had a really interesting conversation the other day about uh, wanting kids. Um, and somebody, the nice? question that I was asked was, what's your motivation? and i thought it was really interesting cuz i never i never really thought of it that way i'm like mm-hmm. no you know i want kids but what's my motivation so it's been, it was really a a great deep conversation of like what are the things that inspire me to want that what are the things that like aside from the genetic disposition to wanting to carry on your gene pool like what are the things that you literally can logically think about that make you want that mm-hmm. and these kind of Quizzes can do the same thing of like the self-examination.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to get back to the kid thing in a minute because that's interesting. Um, But um, there was so many things in this book that I loved, but I love this line. Happiness is not your purpose. Happiness is a byproduct of living your purpose. Mm. And so it made me wonder if a lot of our unhappiness comes from the fact that we don't have the true direction that we need to live our purpose. And I think that also comes from us not thinking or believing that we have some unique gift to share with this world. And it always happens, I think, you know, where you kind of think it's for everybody else. Everybody else is the expert. Everybody else is, you know, better or whatever, but you have your own gifts that were given to you. And we don't need just one Everybody Ayurvedic does. specialist, mm-hmm. right? Like if Sahara, for example, was like, oh, we already have Deepak, or oh, or, or we have Yogi Kerman, then she wouldn't be finding her way and reaching us that maybe aren't listening to some of these other people as
3: frequently as possible. And also, as- and, and, and can I tell you something? Uh, the people who are helping us take care of your mother. Mm-hmm.
0: It's time to make your life a little easier, and to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them, too. I have some new picks on there, this little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're going to love
3: it. And I mentioned a couple of shows ago, the people that, you know, pipe burst in my basement, and I have about a foot and a half, and it's dirt down there and i've been under it when i used to 10 years ago We got the house i worked on it a lot over a longer time ago than that and like so i get frustrated when people tell me like oh i'm nothing special Mm -hmm. well i don't have you know but, but because maybe they don't they're not an actor or a writer or some influencer or you know it's like wait what like i hate when people say that because when i think of what some of the people around us right now, I came in this morning and said, this person, you know, that's working with us is just incredible. Someone who's helping with your mom. And, you know, so I, that's what hurts me is when I hear people say that they're not special because they're not a expert in this or an influencer mm-hmm. or a star. Like, wait, or the, slow like the down. Most celebrated, like yeah. widely celebrated. People, Cause who's you know? more, by the way, so I, you know, I mean, I don't know what let's just say that, there's a Sally taking care of your mom. Is who's is there anyone more important to us right now? No. To your mother? And then furthermore, for the job that that person, Sally, is doing, mm-hmm. is that person not not only special, incredibly special? Like one of the most special people you may have met? Yeah. Right in that handful? Yeah. Right up there to me with Tony Robbins and all the other people. I mean, when you think of it, because if, 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 if Sally, I'll even go to Violetta. You know who takes care of us at home? Like I don't know anyone. The only other person I—what do I always say that I knew that was like Violet was one person. Who's that? My mom. Your mother. Mm-hmm. And then other than that, who do I know like them <laughs> that give so much, that are so multi-talented, so caring? I mean, like I am like I can't even put it into words how special yeah. those people are. So there's many of your listeners and viewers, I'm sure Maria, that are that are this special. When I and if, but it's not about. I'm an author or a podcaster or I'm an expert at this or an expert at that. Like what – because, guys, I'm with you. It's helping me when I say I'm not – you know, I wake up and go, why am I not running a TV show? Why am I not running a network? Why am I not – and then I think of if I start thinking what like Sahara Rose is thinking about mission and purpose. Well, you know, I'm always trying to take care of people around me. I, if I meet strangers and I can give them advice or try to help, I'm try, you know. So I I'm doing my missions and succeeding at those missions, mm-hmm. and that so I don't feel like a failure or that I'm falling short because maybe I'm not here. Like I can do that other stuff and it's fun and I will be creative, but I'm fulfilling these other missions and when I see these other people doing it, you know, I, and I think that we should celebrate these people more. And so if they're in your life, mm-hmm. if your plumber like bails you out of a gym, like Juan build us out. And, I mean, like, mm-hmm. when I tell Thank you, like, you how he... and King's then, Plumbing. Yeah, King's Plumbing. And, you know, and he's so good at his job. He had and he his,
0: cares. Yes. Like, he cared that we were going through a hard time with my mom and was, yeah. like, praying with me and, like, emotional. And I felt that. And I And knew. I want to be
3: honest. He didn't know Maria, guys. Okay? He didn't know... he. You know, he, he's a worker, so he had no idea who we were. But... He's so good at what he does. He doesn't even have, Juan doesn't even have his telephone number on his trucks anymore. He had to take it off Hmm. because it's just too much business. He's like, he can't take care of my clients. But like, again, so so, I don't know. There's just a lot of us that are serving our missions and serving it well. Let's pat ourselves on the back. Let's recognize what those missions are in ourselves that Mm -hmm. we're doing every day. Pat ourselves on the back. And then like, let's pat other people that are doing those missions on the back. So even if you have an Uber driver who's amazing. You know, or I always go to the coffee baristas, guys and girls, because I've met some of the most amazing people at those places, how they stay yeah. patient, how they stay kind.
0: Well, it's so important to know two things. One, that impact, no matter how big or how small, in your opinion, is still impact. And two, the problem is, Kev, that they aren't seen, right? It breaks my heart. And, you know, now we're forced to see the frontline healthcare workers, right, in this situation Um, but you know, these people largely go unseen, whatever the field is. And so we always talk about here on the show, one of the greatest gifts you can, you can give to someone else is to see them because trust me, nine times out of 10, they have never been seen and they don't know what that feels like. And you're going to move them so much. And so knowing that I make sure I go out of my way when we do see someone, that's amazing. We let them know whether it was the waitress at the restaurant The other day when we went out to the outlets, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, Kevin was like, you're amazing or whatever. And then she was like, oh no. And I'm like, no, no, you really are amazing. And you have to share that with people that should be your, you know, if you can't give somebody a huge tip or you can't repay them in some way, see them pull their gifts out and see them and say, you know, you really helped me in a really tough time. And I want you to know, I see your heart and how, you know, compassionate you were to me in that moment. And. It's so important. Um, But yeah, I think, I think uh, impact big or small, we have to realize that our purpose may not be able, may not be to touch the masses. It may be to touch your community. When you think of It's a Wonderful Life, that movie is so powerful because Mm. here's, you know, um, Jimmy Stewart's character. George Bailey. George Bailey running the, you know, Bailey building and loan. And the people he impacted there were able to, buy their homes and, and own their own home. And, and, you know, it wasn't Mr. Potter who owned like multiple cities and all these things and was the big bad guy, whatever.
3: Or George who initially wanted to go build cities and be this big giant architect in New York city and around the world. And the dad was saying, well, I think we're doing a, I think we're doing something pretty neat here too, son, before he died.
0: So just remember, you know, whatever your impact is, you have to know it's special, but what, um, Sahara is going to do is help us find our Dharma, find our purpose and our mission so that we can start going in that direction, because that's where we're going to find our happiness. Um, We did take our Dharma quiz, and I feel like we should share it Maybe we'll share it on the air with, with her, her yeah. because um, real quick, Mary, time is running out.
3: I know, regular guy Fridays. Honey, shush we with a, the no, we, have a, listen, we have a lot of talk about it. There's some new plastic containers I saw at Walmart. I, really convenient for organizing your food closet, your yeah. pantry. Actually,
0: let me recognize um, a company we had the other day for National Pizza Day. I took my husband for a date night. We um, went to Pleasant Street Pizza, I think it's called, in... Um, Putnam?
3: No, Willimantic. Willimantic. Romantic Willimantic. Romantic
0: Willimantic. And we had the most amazing pizza date in the Prius, yes. right? Yes. Kevin had a large cheese pizza on his lap. I had a small Musica pizza on my lap. Ooh. I did have some of his. He didn't have any of mine <laughs> um, it was pretty delicious gotta sh- gotta say gotta and, gotta and share. thank you for
3: bringing that up on regular guy fries we're gonna actually break down the difference between Italian pizza and Greek pizza this was Greek wow. pizza but this was the greatest Greek pizza I've ever had Greeks do it best
0: all right let's get to <laughs> let's get to our dunkin break because
3: speaking of regular guys
0: uh, it is time. S- for our Dunkin' break, and we've got two more of Dunkin's limited edition Valentine's Day treats: the Mocha Macchiato, yummy, and the Brownie Batter Donut. Um, mm. I uh, decided I would wait to taste this live on the air. So here Woo. we go.
3: Mm.
1: Oh. Delicious.
3: Oh no, you didn't,
0: oh, guys.
1: No, you did it.
0: <laughs> this is holy shit, amazing. <gasps>
1: And let me just tell you what I did for everyone at home who's wondering exactly what Maria has. Wow. Almond milk. So there's, it's a mocha macchiato with (sighs) almond milk and I did a little light on the mocha. So they only did one pump of mocha versus two. So good. Perfect sweet. This is, guys. Yes. It's creamy. We like to
3: call that sweet adjacent. Yes. Go ahead. I
1: taste, (laughs)
0: I'm going to tell you, I taste Uh the rich espresso. Nice. It's creamy. The mocha is just enough. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and Incredible. this tastes like decadent but without feeling like it's too sugary like i i'm not a big like i don't want my stuff sugary mm-hmm. for a lot of reasons but um <gasps>
3: mm. and nice texture texture is yeah. very underrated Honey. in food Dunkin'
0: donuts kills it, it in texture i talk about it all the time it's always smooth and delicious uh the brownie batter donut does anyone have that is it Stephen... is right
1: there oh shoot
0: well, Steven's got to start being our our our, um, our taste, taste tester. Come on, Steven. I'm down.
4: I'm down. Can you throw it at the okay. camera? And I'm gonna
0: give it to
3: Kevin. No, I've had it before. Nope. He's yes. gonna take a bite
0: and you get to describe oh it God, in delicious it's so detail. Good.
3: No, because it's got the unbelievable filling. <laughs> oh, sorry. Kelsey
0: with the shit. <laughs> not a bad like,
3: throw. It was a bad catch. She threw it
0: from <laughs> <laughs> Connecticut to Hawaii. No. It was a tough throw. <laughs> I'm
3: not I'm not good with my left.
0: Hawaii 50 Kevin dropped it. But listen, it was a long ass throw. Even Tom Brady couldn't have completed that one. Oh, it, but he got actually, it. Actually, maybe he did. There we up. go.
1: Mm. And now
4: back to your Dunkin' yeah. Donuts ASMR segment.
0: That's right.
4: That game mm, was fixed. For what's an
0: AMSR? It's like ASMR oh,
4: audio really, stimulus. Yeah. They're really cool. Oh,
1: it's okay. really awesome.
0: Like bite into this. We got to get to Sahara. Hurry on. <laughs> Kevin's enjoying his
3: donut. A it's first. really delicious. Oh, do it, Kels. Go ahead. go ahead. <laughs> Kevin's taking a bite of
0: the donut. Ooh, yummy. The white frosting wow. with the brown sprinkles. So, so slash jimmy's, right <laughs> depending on what you want to discuss, Maria's, honey.
1: Maria's
0: it's, mine. <laughs> it looks like Kevin's in the same heaven I am drinking my coffee, but he's... Um... Honey,
3: and you can't have one bite. Now I have to wipe out the whole thing. Sorry. I don't want to have a... Okay, will right you now. just tell
0: us how it tastes?
3: It's a, well, I'm going to wipe out the whole thing? I described
0: mine in delicious detail. I want to know the flavors.
3: It,
4: Holy shit, awesome.
3: It's amazing. I am enjoying the contrast <laughs> of the white um uh, icing with the chocolate brownie. Thick chocolate brownie batter. Does the brownie batter
0: taste like you're eating a brownie inside? Wrapped in a donut? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's (laughs) pretty freaking awesome. Okay. Well, that is our Valentine's Day Mm. uh, special. (laughs) Bring the X's and the macchiatos. Try the mocha macchiato and the brownie batter donut. Get some delivered to Mm. someone who needs a little love, guys. Or order ahead on the app.
3: Also, thumbs up for the presentation, Maria. (laughs) Yeah. These things look so cool. I know. The heart shape with the... Phenomenal. so listen
0: valentine's day is around the corner Stephen.
3: listen great, you know, for wants to, wants, great for the to wants gram.
0: children you can send multiple donut hearts out to many women and you can have children very quickly <laughs>
4: <laughs> on valentine's day
0: all right america runs on duncan guys oh i got a sprinkle on my on my intro here <laughs> and so america does better
1: together <laughs> and so
0: does better together and duncan and us are better That's together a, i'd like to think so um, let's continue on, um, and start our chat with Sahara. An ancient soul in a modern body, Sahara Rose has been called a leading voice for the millennial generation into the new paradigm shift by Deepak Chopra himself. She is the best-selling author of Eat, Feel Fresh, The Idiot's Guide to Ayurveda, A Yogic Path. Uh, she hosts the Highest Self podcast, the number one spirituality podcast on iTunes. She's the founder of Rose Gold. Goddesses, and she's here to. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused. I am very excited to chat with you, Sahara, about discovering our dharma.
2: I'm so excited to be here. Every time I'm here, it feels like I'm back home because we're Boston girls. So
0: excited to be back. A Boston girl who's now in Miami, which I'm very excited. Um, Next time in Miami, I will definitely um, have to hit you up and go right to the beach. Yes.
2: (laughs) Yes, it's amazing how like a three-hour flight could be such a different environment. I know. Is it only three hours from here? Well, three hours between Boston and Miami. Wow. Okay,
0: yeah. I might come tonight. <laughs> <Yeah>. Be on <laughs> a beach on all in. weekend. Wouldn't that be nice? I'm in. Let's go. Let's here go. Here we come, Zahara. Um, So we all took the Dharma quiz. And let's just kind of go around the room. Stephen, what were you?
4: Oh, you know, I was the entrepreneur.
0: Okay. Yeah. Love it. Kevin, what were you?
4: I took it twice. Artist
3: and then <laughs> entrepreneur. Okay. Mm-hmm. That seems
0: very appropriate. Uh, Kelsey?
1: I was the uh, nurturer and the warrior. Ooh.
0: Mm-hmm. Ooh. Um, I am the teacher.
1: Yeah, his face.
0: I was like, I I didn't know I was a teacher. Honey, stop making noises with the Dunkin' bag. Can you just drop it on the floor? I guess I can. (laughs) I'm like hearing... (laughs) Okay, so you guys all had two, except for Steven. Steven was just one. I was one, the teacher. Chelsea, did you have two
3: because you took it twice?
1: No, I had two because I scrolled down. Yeah, if you scroll down, we'll show you your second one. Everyone Oh, I'm a warrior.
0: There. Shit, guys, I'm so bad at this stuff. I couldn't I didn't figure it warrior out. I'm a was warrior. My number two too. And we'll
2: talk about it and I'll I'll find yours because you know when you take a quiz, it's really like a moment in time of what you decided to answer, but the right. archetypes are so much more than that, so we could dive into what each what each of them are. Yeah, let's do that.
4: I was the researcher for my second one.
2: Ah, <laughs> now we found it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so tell us. Yeah, so your dharma is your soul's purpose. It's the big reason why you are here. And it's not just what you do, but it's more how and why you do it. So think of your dharma like your mission statement. Your dharma can be to bring beauty to this world, or to connect women to their bodies, or to help people in their relationships, or to connect people back to nature. So, this is like our overarching mission statement. Now, underneath that mission statement are the services, right? So these are different careers you can have, roles you can play, projects, jobs, et cetera. So your Dharma is not just one project or one role or one definition of who you are, but it's really the red thread that connects everything that you do. So in my own journey of trying to understand my purpose and discover it, what really helped me was to break it down into archetypes. So archetypes are essentially... Personality types, like if you think about astrology or enneagram or Myers Briggs, these are all archetypes. So we could see, okay, if I am, you know, a Scorpio, there's a certain characteristic with that, or a seven in the enneagram, etc. So when writing um, my book, Discover Your Dharma, I came up with these nine dharma archetypes. So these are archetypes that relate to your purpose. So one of the ones you just got is the teacher. Mm -hmm. So the teacher's dharma is here to share knowledge. Mm. If you are a teacher, you're someone that goes through life learning lessons and those lessons, the way that you transmute them is through sharing them with other people. So, you know, in your own journey, you've gone through these different health issues and now you're sharing them with others and creating this platform, which is very much you and your teacher archetype. So, People who are teachers just have this natural ability to find the lesson and everything they're experiencing and mm. be like, okay, what is this teaching me? And how can I now share this with other people? So you're kind of gonna go through life being guided by what you're experiencing right now and how that is going to take you to what you're going to share. So I don't know if you felt like this, but a lot of times um teachers, when they're children to learn about a subject, they would teach it to others. Yes. Like if you're like, did you do that? Yes. Like that's a very teacher thing. Oh my God. This just
0: nailed me. (laughs) Like nailed me because I feel like, um, I have felt, and definitely it's gotten stronger and stronger. Like my purpose is to go through, you know, if this is going to be me being just like candid, like, and you know, whatever it's like, go through the shit, figure it out and then share how I figured it out. So every time I'm in a, a tragedy or a tough time, I'm like, okay. I gotta just figure it out. This is why this is probably happening to me, right? Like, that's how I feel. I feel like I get thrown more of the curveballs and some of the challenges so that I can help overcome them.
2: Yeah, because you are prepared for it. Your soul knows how to overcome them and then like find the core things that shift, like even your book about your health and wellness and recipes. You're like, I went on this massive health and fitness journey and here's how I can now share it with you. So you're always gonna be able to find the gems of your experience and being able to like put that in a way that someone else can understand, taking Mm -hmm. the intangible into the tangible, pass it along to others, and then you'll be guided to the next thing. So whatever you're learning becomes that thing that you teach. And that's really how you're going to go through life. So that is part of your dharma to be sharing that type of knowledge and information. And each of the archetypes have their light and their shadow side as well. Shadow side being like some of the negative traits that can come up. So the light of the teachers, obviously we've always needed teachers, you know, from school teachers to spiritual teachers, to fitness teachers and everything in between, we wouldn't be able to learn without them. Now, the shadow side of being a teacher is sometimes you really care so much about that thing that you learned, but others don't. Mm. So like there could be that disconnect of like, this thing really matters. And like, I want to talk all about it and share with you. And the person might be like, uh, OK, or, you know, so it's really up to the teacher to find that nuance of when is the student open to be receiving that information and not trying to like lecture them. You know, we can all think of like that history professor who's like lecturing and lecturing and lecturing and disconnecting from the people that they are teaching it to. So it's up to the teacher to always be able to like read the room and understand how is that person receiving the information and be able to cater to their learning style. So cool. Yeah. That's my secondary archetype too. So, you know, podcast hosts, um, school teachers, fitness teachers, yoga teachers, these are all people who are embodying that teacher archetype. So if you relate to this, know that you're meant to be teaching things. Now, the second one that you got was the warrior. The warrior's dharma is here to protect and lead. So they are here to really be the voice for the voiceless, to champion the underdog. to, you know, be the person who's going to stand up and, and set that boundary. This is what's right. This is what I stand for. So we've always had warriors in society and Greek mythology, you know, from Athena, Indian mythology to Durga, we've always had these characteristics of like the empowered woman who protects her children. And that's really what that warrior energy is all about. So oftentimes in their careers, they'll end up doing something that they're serving the underdog, whether it's joining the police force or being a politician or um being an activist or some sort of person who's able to protect. And you may not be doing this in your career, but it's something that you still really resonate with and care about. So a strong example of this is the politician AOC, Alexandria Octavio-Cortez. So she was one of the youngest Congress people, but what people really loved about her was she was willing to stand up she was willing to speak out about injustice and really protect the disenfranchised and that was really through her warrior energy so that's the gift of the warrior to be able to stand up for the just cause now the shadow side of the warrior is sometimes they can be so quick to take action they have this really strong moral compass of like this is wrong i'm going to get in there and sometimes you don't have the full picture all mm. of the shades of gray that go in between things so you know, that friend that you're like, someone who's mean to me, you're, they're like, give me their number. Mm-hmm. Like they're ready to go. Mm-hmm. And like, maybe they haven't heard how you partaked in the situation. So it's up to the warrior to sit back, get more information, and then also being able to use their energy in a way that it's conductive. Sometimes warriors are just like, you know, they just kind of like want to get in it. They just want to fight. So it's up to them to realize when is this really worth my energy? When is it actually creating change? So do you resonate with some of those warrior aspects?
0: For sure. I, I've always felt like I was a protector. Um, like when I worked in entertainment news, I quickly realized that I was there to kind of protect them and help them, especially in like the crazy gossipy age. Um, and, and I, I, you know we have a favorite wrestler his name is Brock Lesnar so Kevin tells me I take people to suplex city sometimes like if you there's only been a few people that have gone to suplex city but if you um are crossing the line and hurting people i love it's verbal um, there are no expletives involved. And, and it's if you know just... Brock
3: Lesnar, he only wrestles the big shows, the big pay-per-views. He doesn't do it every week. Yeah. So that's why it's perfect. So <laughs> yeah. when Maria comes out and takes you to Suplex City, it's only a couple of times a year. Yeah.
0: It's I've a... got my method of like, you know, discussing with you what went on. Well, we have
3: to let the other person get their spots in. Yeah,
0: they get their spots in and then, you know, you basically let them know <laughs> how wrong they were and how this isn't going to be tolerated. But I... I'd only come out for pay-per-views. I can't do it all the time. Only have rob- I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's frizzy Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. What do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz-free, up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way T H E O U A I dot com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way. T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com. Promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. For, I, don't I enjoy, it for the pay-per-views. I don't enjoy yeah. doing it, but when someone needs protecting, I will protect. And so I definitely resonate with that. And I resonate with the, the shadow side of it because. I used to, in my younger days, just jump in, like you said. And then, so like Kelsey would tell me like, you know, Stephen did this and this and this. And then I'd like, Stephen, what what are you doing? And then he'd be like, well, she did this, this, and this. And I'm like, oh, fuck, Kelsey, well, you didn't tell me the whole story. Now I went to him and I yelled at him or whatever. So I've learned my lesson to accrue more of the information. And I've also quieted my warrior in certain ways. Mm-hmm in the kind of, in the ways where I feel like we're in a time where we will never really have the full story. So, um, I don't find it my place to, to really stand up right now because I don't feel like I'm getting the full story ever. And so I've just kind of sat back and said, that's not my purpose right now. My purpose is this, this is where I want to live. This is where emotionally I need to stay right now to stay mentally healthy. And so I've walked away a little bit from that part of it over here. Um, And so I kind of recognized that I needed that.
2: Mm. And that's a really healthy warrior there to know I'm able to step into that archetype when I need to, Mm -hmm. when there's injustice happening. A lot of times women, that's like the archetype they never want to step into. You want to be a people pleaser. You just want to like pretend everything's okay and not speak your truth because you don't want to rock the boat too much. So a lot of women, their last archetype is warrior. So when they're in situations that they're being taken advantage of or boundaries need to be set, they don't know how to channel that warrior. So I feel like it's having access to all of the archetypes and especially to your warrior as a woman to be able to like have that boundary and stand up for yourself and know how to choose your battles or only do it on pay-per-view, you know, <laughs> only wait for the, the high ticket. <laughs>
0: it's true. What was your first one? You said your second was, um, teacher. What was your teacher? First one? So
2: my first one, my first one is the visionary. Ah. So the visionary oh. is really here to channel the new paradigm. Mm. They are big picture oriented. They're looking out the future. Where's the future heading? So their gift is their communication, their charisma, their language, their ability to bring people to a higher way of seeing the world. So a lot of spiritual teachers and authors and people like that will have that visionary archetype of just inspiring people. You know, um, a peer teacher is more, here's the information, let me share it with you. Whereas a pure visionary would be like, let me bring you to an elevated state. And from that place, you will know how to take action. So there's a little bit of an energetic mm. difference there. So an example of a visionary is Barack Obama. You know, he had this beautiful ability to use his voice and his speech and his charisma to bring people around this cause, whether you agree with him politically or not, he was definitely a really powerful speaker. Mm -hmm. Another great example is Martin Luther King. I have a dream. Let me share with you this idea I have for the future and draw you to a higher understanding. So that's really what the visionary is all about. We've always had them in our society from the priest in the village to our astrologers and different people who've allowed us to see a new way of being. So it's very important for us to have that inspiration, especially in times like this. So if you resonate with being the visionary, you probably love to share. You're probably always inspiring your friends. You probably really have a gift of your communication and written word. I think you, Maria, have a lot of visionary archetype in you as well of, you know, taking people from this entertainment world and seeing, allowing them to see a higher way of living and that there's so much more than the glitz and the glamour, but really, tuning into what's happening inside. And of course you have the gift of communication and using your voice. So I see you, you know, continuing to create a lot of change through your visionary. Now the shadow aspect of the visionary, similarly to the teacher is sometimes you may see something that the other person may not be ready for. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you've ever given someone advice that they're like, I don't agree with that. Why'd you say that? And then maybe a couple of months later, we're like, oh, thank you. I wasn't ready to hear it at the time. So the visionary really needs to use discernment, you know, not just like every idea you have just like blurted out to that person. But again, Notice, are they in a space to receive this? And how can you bring them to a higher place for them to come up with their own conclusions versus you telling them that? Mm-hmm.
0: I love that. You know, Kevin's definitely visionary. And he's sitting there with a scowl because I don't think anybody ever gets him. Because <laughs> he's like, yeah. he's usually 10 years ahead of everybody
3: else. Now, I, you know what I do? So I, now I say, remember, we had this conversation. That's what I do now. So then five or 10 years later, I can go, uh, 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 remember when I said <laughs> this was going to happen. Could, do you, are you familiar, have you ever heard the statement, um, Sarah, um, that a prophet is is never esteemed in his own time?
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And,
3: and I think what I'd love you to speak to is so when you think of Martin Luther King, he was shot and killed. You mm-hmm. think of Gandhi, he was killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, well, we, I think Barack Obama has been murdered by, you know, the media and the public, co- considering who he is and what he did and who he still is. You know, can you speak to when you're a visionary, you really are going to open yourself up to mm-hmm. a, 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 not only you'll have your shadow self, but the shadows of everyone else right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not a, it's not as sexy and fun, not an easy road, right? Mm-hmm. Can you speak to that? And well, how to, you're how seeing
0: to, stuff that no one else is seeing. Well, and I
3: think for a lot of people out there who listen, especially you have a lot of women listeners, Maria, so a lot of moms have this amazing intuition. You're women, mm-hmm. you just have mm-hmm. this, I always have to ask women around me, like, well, what's really going on? And you guys just have this like spider sense and it's fantastic. So there's a little bit of visionary, a lot of visionary there. So can you advise us on how, how you cope with the, the all the darkness that, comes with it because you know people don't necessarily love our we don't celebrate our visionaries like we should in a society often Mm.
2: yeah I love that you brought that up so if you are having these visions know that it's coming to you for a reason it's not accidental it's not a curse it's not something that you should try to bog down and just try to be normal like everyone else your soul in some sort of way chose this. You are ready for this. You are meant to be a messen a messenger for this wisdom. Now, of course, read the room. Make sure you're safe when you do it. However, the only way the world has shifted is through these visionaries expressing that vision. You know, if it remains in the attic of your mind for eternity, how is that message going to make it to the world? I believe that Ideas are universal, and they're going to land on the people who are meant and have the capacity to bring them into our physical reality. So essentially, your dreams are dreaming you back. And the very reason that you have these dreams is because they are gifted to you because you are the ideal messenger to bring them to life. Write that shit down.
0: Wow. (laughs) Wow. I think that's the thing that a lot of people have a hard time with, right, is... It's so easy to just scoff at something Mm -hmm. that came to you and, but it's coming to you for a reason. Like I said, early on, I realized at some point, and I've had this conversation with a few friends where I'm like, I think this stuff happens because I'm supposed to figure it out and share it with Mm -hmm. people because I'm a communicator and I have, um, a connection with people that they, you know, they, they trust in that I can share this information with. And she was like, Yeah. She's like, I feel like this too. Those Patty Penn, the Reiki healer, and I had that conversation most recently together. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think you're right. These ideas land in different people for a reason, because they're the ones who are going to be able to take it over the goal line, or they're the ones who are going to translate it properly. Um, You know, I was watching a video of Jack Ma yesterday who created Alibaba, and, you Mm -hmm. know, he had this idea, this vision to do this thing with the internet, and people were like, what's the internet? and You know, and no one believed in him, but he kept pushing forward and then created the most insane thing ever. And so, you know, it's, it's coming to you for a reason. And I do believe that. And I love that. Okay, so we've got the warrior, the teacher, the visionary
2: mm-hmm yes and and with that topic you know all of these archetypes too were chosen by our souls to support our Dharmas so you were born with the right amount of visionary teacher warrior and the rest of the ones that we'll talk about to embody this purpose so so many times we question our truth we question what it is that we're good at we Feel like maybe we don't really naturally have any talents or gifts or anything to share. But, you know, I don't dream about new forms of architecture or new forms of medicine. But I guarantee you an architect or a doctor is. So those very ideas that you have, those inclinations, and all of those experiences that you've gone through, they're your soul's curriculum to now allow you to embody this purpose. So when you really look back on things, they often make sense. But when you're in them, it's kind of like walking in the dark and you can only see the next couple steps ahead. So trust that you were designed for your dharma. It doesn't have to feel like a force. In fact, living your dharma is being the most natural expression of who you are. And these ideas, it comes from a place of ease rather than push. I feel like Mm. the self-help space has been so about like motivate yourself to like do the thing and self-improvement as if you're not already whole. You know, we have to understand that we're not even a mind and a body to improve, but rather we are a soul to. So instead of thinking that you are broken and you need to be fixed and you need to be better and turn into this other archetype, because, you know, Martin Luther King changed the world, so I should do that too. But he was prepared to live his dharma just as you are prepared to live yours. So all you got to do is just continue to listen and say yes.
0: Wow. Yeah, there was, um, I mean, I marked up so much stuff in this book. It was crazy, but I was sharing with everybody at the top of the show This line that happiness is not your purpose. Happiness is a byproduct of living your purpose. And what I found so interesting about all of this is that I think a lot of us don't know our purpose. And that's what leads to that disconnection and that misalignment or whatever you call it or just that feeling of just unhappiness because you're not living your purpose and you don't even know you're supposed to have a purpose. So that's Mm -hmm. why this show is so important Mm -hmm. today, because I want everyone to know that you do have a purpose. And Sahara is going to help you find what that purpose is so that you can open it up. And I think, you know, once you find yourself and you realize that you do have a unique set of gifts, like I said earlier, if you had, you know, woken up one day and said, well, who am I to be an Ayurvedic, you know, teacher and, and, and thought leader on this, like there's Deepak Chopra and there's all these other people. Why me? Well, because there's already a Coke and a Pepsi out there, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, then you wouldn't have come and reached us. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. there there doesn't have to just be one of anything. And and depending on what you choose to do with your Dharma, um, whether your impact is felt by masses or just your community or just your family, then you've done your job.
2: Mm hmm. Absolutely. I think so often we feel like living our purposes are is a selfish act. Who am I to do that? Or, you know, my family sacrificed for me, so I should sacrifice back for them. And we have all of these stories that it's selfish to be happy. It's selfish to be living in alignment when the polar opposite is true. You know, if I, and I had all of those fears and doubts times a thousand, right? But if I let them get in my way, this book wouldn't be out. This conversation wouldn't be happening. And all of the ripples of the people who now have discovered they're meant to create that preschool or that new way of eating or, or whatever else the thing is, it wouldn't be activated. So it's really this domino effect that when each person awakens and actualizes their dharma they awaken all of those around them to do the same so we actually don't realize the responsibility we even have to be living our dharmas and in fact keeping it to yourself is really the most selfish act because the world can only come into balance when each of us is living in alignment with our dharmas Ooh,
0: yeah i read that in here i thought that was really powerful too we're Mm -hmm. all here to balance out the universe with our purpose and with our dharma
4: Mm-hmm. and it makes yes, so much sense
3: amazing. about and about families too because a lot of us feel like you know they they're, we were, they we they're lower middle class or middle class and they put, or even upper and they put us through school and then we don't want to let them down so we want to you know be a lawyer or a doctor this is the path i was pushed into and um so i really do understand that but i what i as i coach parents now i'll always say to them did you not work like you killed yourself to do all this stuff for them am i right about that yes i did i worked three jobs or two okay great but did you not do it so they could have something more than you? And not more like in terms of cars, but more in terms of choice and opportunity. Sometimes I'll even go so far and to say, what did you really want to do? Mm-hmm. I know you're, you're X, Y, and Z, but what do you, oh, I really wanted to be a lawyer. I really wanted to be this. My dad wanted to be a lawyer. When he do you want really? to really? Oh, yeah. I'm like, okay, so you know what? Like Now I get a chance to do what I want to do, but didn't you pave the way? He said, yeah, that makes sense. And so, yeah, it, I think that really hits a lot with a lot of people because we do feel we don't want to let mom and dad down. I think there's some of that's good because, you know, it's nice to have, uh, you know, somebody kind of pushing you. But at mm-hmm. the same time, like, yeah, I get what you're, I totally hear what you're saying, uh, you know, especially with a lot of ethnic families, too. It's like, no, it's like doctor, lawyer, business person, nothing else. Mhm,
2: you know? yeah, I mean, we really all stand on our parents' shoulders, right, and they're able to reach a certain point so we can just begin there and go off and I can only hope that future generations will not even know what the world could be like with people not living their Dharma. I hope it's just like, of course I'm going to you know end world hunger that's just what I'm doing, and just nothing stops you because we were born to be living that, and you know when we really look at it, it kind of comes down to maslow 's hierarchy, the hierarchy of needs, so the most basic need is survival. If I don't feel like I'm safe to survive, I can't focus on my dharma. Like I I just need to put a roof over my head. So for a lot of us, my parents as well being immigrants, it was focused on survival. Mm-hmm. There was no questioning right. my deeper purpose and humanity. The, yep, it was just right. how am I going to make ends meet? Yep. And then once you have those needs met, it goes to your wants. You know, what maybe maybe I do want like a more luxury car, maybe I do want a bigger house or a TV or or vacations or whatever that thing is. So sometimes they'll reach that level. Now, if we were so fortunate enough to have our survival needs and even many of our wants met, the next place we're going to go is self actualization. Questioning our deeper reasoning in in society and how we can be of service. So yes, living your dharma is a privilege. Most of the world is not questioning this. And because we have this privilege, we have this responsibility to be doing so, to be able to create the solutions to the world's problems that only we have the space from this place right now to be able to even think about. So neat. Okay. What's our fourth dharma Hmm. Yes. So the fourth Dharma archetype is the artist. So the artist is really here to bring beauty to the world. So they are someone that everything they do is going to have an essence of beauty to it from their social media feeds to their outfits, their home. Like you can always tell it's theirs, right? We can all kind of think of this person in mind, or maybe you are that person and you really care about the look and the feel and the texture and the small details. So the artist archetype is really receiving information from so many different places. So they can be very, very energetically sensitive, loud noises, crowded places. It may be too much for them because they're picking up on so much. So artists often need a lot of space to themselves and can kind of be hermity. They're someone that whatever they go through, they will transmute it into art. So you go through a breakup, you turn into poetry or you're in your old house and you like start, you know, making collages out of things. That's just how you express and see the world. So thinking of Frida Kahlo, you know, what a profound artist, but we could see her signature style, like in her home, in her outfit and in her dress, everything that she did had that Frida touch to it. Now we could also see the shadow aspects of the archetype in her as in also in Picasso and many other artists. So the artists can get really wrapped up in their emotions and they can be very in their heads and not enough in their bodies. So things may feel very, very overwhelming for them. And it could even turn into manic depressive periods. So that's why a lot of artists throughout society have even created their best art from that place. And that can actually create an addiction to pain and suffering because you feel like, well, that's my muse. So I need to continue to put myself in these situations for me to find the art from it. So the artist's work is to really connect back to their bodies and realize that their lives their lives don't have to be so dramatic to be able to create art from it. Wow. Yes. Do you resonate mm-hmm. with any of that artist oh, archetype? Kevin does, My yeah. goodness. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: You never thought of that. Like, you know, because your pain, you're, you oh, you know, it's an old cliche, but it's true. You write from pain. Mm-hmm. Oh, you create from pain And it's like But then you get rewarded For this cool creation mm-hmm. So obviously you want More pain So that makes It's your drug I mean by the way Look at Hemingway At the end He blew his head off I mean you know It was drinking And this and that And But oh my goodness Wow Yes
2: yeah. And and to know that art can also come out of beauty. It can come out of ease and joy and harmony in your lives. I think that pain is such an easy point for us to all universally access. Like mm-hmm. if we're all like, think about the worst moment of your life, think about your heartbreak, you could all go into there. But if I say, Tune into universal love. We're like, huh? What does that mm-hmm. feel like? You know. So it's it's harder. It, it takes more work mm-hmm. to energetically get to. But you could create such profound works of art that also transmit that frequency of love. And I feel like that's really what the dharma of an artist is here to do—to use their art to raise consciousness.
3: But but what you're coming up with, which I love, Sahara, is the way that the artist can preserve him him or herself. And you're right. You can come from a place of beauty rather than always pain mm-hmm. and and why not be addicted to that or not be addicted. But you know what I'm saying? Like I, it, you're really, it's really great. And especially where we have a generation of artists,
4: mm-hmm. you know,
3: coming up predominantly, I see the, you know, as everyone in some way shape or form wants to be in the art. So that's really great advice.
2: Yeah. I feel like TikTok in a way has really like fostered this artistry in generation Z because you know, last year was a series of many, many difficult and unfortunate events. But every time I would go on TikTok, I was just amazed by the way they would find humor and laughter and art and nuance and everything that was happening and even share information through that form. Mm -hmm. And I think in a way it's rewarding people to get creative with their expression versus like on Facebook and Instagram, it could be very telling rather than showing.
0: You, know, you just realized Kevin shit's on TikTok a lot. Um
3: I don't listen, my, my thing, Sarah. <laughs> no, we can talk about it here too is that, you know, I got in this me and um Kelsey had this discussion when she mm-hmm. was telling me how her her generation, one thing about us is we're so creative and look at everything we do on TikTok, and I'm like, well, I think we've always been creative for the past 2,000 years of modern civilization. I can point, you know, but I took her to my basement to see, you know, guys that were crawling in at one and a half feet of mud and dirt, and I've worked under there myself too in my own house. But I'm like, where are these people? Because your generation, like, yes, TikTok to me is great. So, I, but, but it's a reward. It's, it's. I work for my art, and I just think we've gotten away from you know celebrating work in those missions you know whether mm-hmm. whether it's helping people through your trade or your you know it it's not all about writing a symphony or doing a great tiktok so, so i you know, i don't want to like Monkey wrench any of this, but it's like Kelsey's giving me this look like C. And I'm like, no, I stand I'm my like, ground. Yes, no, but I you had can a new TikTok realization. After you
0: shovel snow. But I had a new realization. What is your realization? First of all, you're just projecting your own uh, anger. Yes, I am. On I, everybody this, is else. Yes. This, <laughs> this is my shadow side. Like, yes.
3: This is my shadow archetype.
0: If I can't just do my own <laughs> art, then you can't either, you you don't. Don't no, suffer no. Like me. <laughs> You've got to work for your art. That's no. what I'm
3: saying. So I, I, do your plumbing work and then make your TikTok. I understand where
0: Kevin's coming <laughs> from. Let me, let me translate his anger. Rebuttal. His anger is that everyone just wants to be a star now. Nobody wants to work. And he's like, look at these people who literally are the salt of the earth, who keep the world going round, and we don't appreciate them. But it's like, oh, you're a TikTok star? Let's give you the moon and the stars. That's Hello. what he's saying. But what I just had come to me yes. in the moment where you guys were talking I about this here. was um, that the creativity, because I would go to TikTok during this whole pandemic for happiness. It just made me happy yep. to see people mm-hmm. being happy and fun. And everyone's and, very supportive on there.
1: Very yeah. supportive.
0: And and I'll say um I created a show based on me um challenging Julianne and Derek Huff to dance battles around the holidays. And we would do these back and forth dance battles and then Kate Hudson got involved and the Kardashians got involved. Everyone was doing it. And it was like this crazy fun thing that led to me you know, creating the show for ABC called Dance Battle America, which I believe is the prelude to TikTok because then everyone was doing these dance battles and basically all of that, whatever. But what I realize about TikTok, the beauty of what TikTok is doing is almost like the tech revolution, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is going to advance us in another Arm of the world really, really quickly because so many people are seeing that they are more creative than they thought and they're getting the reward for it. So then they'll be able to create solutions, create inventions. I know you're probably laughing at me right now, but I do believe um, the creativity that's coming from there is going to create more things that we need. I hope you're right.
3: I Listen, what I like about it- I don't know. I don't I, know if I'm I, articulating like. it perfectly, no, no, but that's I, kind, you know, I'm trying to if, like- no, Maria, feeling. I think you're right. If they can keep taking those steps, if they can get off the dopamine high of all the likes they're getting for what they're putting out and then mm-hmm. transfer that into something practical, more, a little more practical. But I, I agree. I, what I also like about it is it amuses people. It entertains people. It's pushing people to be more creative. I also like the fact that in Hollywood, it's cut out all the middlemen. Because mm-hmm. all the middlemen, in, you know, in Sahara, that blocked all these people. And either gave jobs to their friends or people they thought were talented, which half the time, or probably three quarters of the time, they don't know, you know, what works and what doesn't work. So I love the fact that we're leaving it to the people to decide. They see mm-hmm. something really cool and they yeah. like it, and and that I love is is the artist having more power. So I I love that again. But it's just everything is with balance. That's all, and mm-hmm. uh, you know. So. Sahara,
0: any thoughts and comments on that before we move on to the yeah. entrepreneur? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I I
2: hundred percent see all all perspectives of it. And I think the gift of TikTok is that we can get it out there so much faster. So in real time, you know, every single day of 2020 felt energetically very different. And still even today, it hundred percent does. So you could really speak to what people are feeling this week, given what is happening in the world right now. So just the, the tones, the the sounds, the way that people were showing up shifted so much. So in a time that people felt so separated, it created the sense of community that we're all going through this thing together. And we all have this mutual talking point to base our references on, especially for young high school kids who are out of school right now and don't you know, get to pick up on the high school dynamic and humor Mm -hmm. and culture that is created in the classroom in a way TikTok has been a replacement for it. Now is anything a replacement for in-person communication? No. However, the alternative would be for them to just be sitting alone and you know maybe they'd be shoveling their snow, but shoveling your snow has a different, you know, a different reward or a different tangibility to it. I think the point of TikTok is social commentary above everything and I also completely judged it before I was on it. I was like these like dances, they're barely even moving. Like they're not even real dancers but when you realize just how much effort and thought does go into even a 10 second clip it does make you appreciate the mm-hmm. creativity so much more and I think every generation has felt this way about the younger people of they're not working as hard as we did. Or, you know, back in the day, people had to like go out and fetch water, right? They're probably like, screw you, you got plumbing. You have yeah. it so easy. And like, that's what's forever going to keep happening. True. So I think, you know, there's always going to be those artists who are going to use oil and cannabis. And there's going to be those artists who are looking at innovation and technology and using that as their form of art.
3: I like that. Except, you know, back in the day, you'd have people like my mother using her oil and water or, or acrylics on sundays in a corner of her room not seven mm-hmm. days a week living in their parents basement and never having a another job to make the money whatever what am i
0: saying
3: honey Hello? sorry no <laughs> i, 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 I do it tiktok this is where so I, we
0: like take his mic down He's i appreciate
3: the the, i know and i do i i follow a lot of the people i love, Any, you know I actually what, love say, what i see
0: anytime i did a tiktok and i showed him he goes you you did this no, it's super creative and meanwhile i was wasn't even giving it any real attention and he was like wow that was that was really cool and i was like oh
1: thanks well that and you know and i said it earlier but Sahara, i don't know if you agree i feel like personally tiktok out of every social media platform is really positive it's just pure like fun. people will no yeah, but I, people I are actually well. hyping one another up versus instagram's like The the, Oh, you're so pretty. Oh, you're so this. No, versus TikTok's like, this is amazing. You're awesome. Like, I don't know. That's how I feel about it when I go on there. So I like that element of it, especially like teaching our younger generation. Like, no, it's more than what meets the eye. Okay.
0: Dharma, Dharma, (laughs) not TikTok. Moving on. (laughs) Entrepreneur.
2: Yes. Yeah, so the entrepreneur archetype is here to bring solutions to the world's problems. So they're going to really go through life looking at things that are wrong and how can we create a tangible solution for it? So let's say we wanted to help the environment. You know, the visionary might give a talk of how we're all connected to earth and Gaia is within us and, you know, really inspire us. The teacher may teach us about CO2 emissions and how we can reduce them. Now, the inter the entrepreneur would say, well, let's look at one aspect of the environment. Okay, plastic straws. Let's create a business that has bamboo straws and increase it in the marketplace by 20%. So by year 2030, we have 30% of market share. And here's our business price for it. Here's our team for it. Here's our marketing plan. And create something that's really sustainable so that's really how the entrepreneur sees the world it doesn't want to just do things for the sake of doing it it wants to be able to see what are the results from this so it's a much more analytical and organized way of seeing the world a bit more of that masculine energy though both female and men can have it but really wants to be able to track something and knows that In order for it to be sustainable, there needs to be some sort of revenue coming into it so you can hire a team and continue to grow and scale it. So, you know, there's so many great examples of entrepreneurs from anyone that's been on Shark Tank before to Gary Vee and so many of these different entrepreneurial speakers, Marie Forleo and... I feel like the past, you know, 10 years or so has really been about for so many people being an entrepreneur and learning about that side to themselves, though entrepreneurs have always existed in society and there's so many different forms of them and we need them to continue to innovate and bring new products to the market. Now, the shadow of the entrepreneur is work-life balance for them will be very different than any other archetype because what they do is such a continuation and expression of who they are. So... Someone might say, oh my God, you're such a workaholic because you're still on your laptop and it's 9 p.m. But the entrepreneur, in a way, their doing is their being. Productivity is often their meditation. When they're so engrossed with what they're doing, they're in alignment with their dharma. And I speak about the sacred doing. The sacred doing is when your being merges with your doing. So when you're so deep into your doing, you are being. And when you're so deep into your being that you cannot help but do. So that's really the energy that the entrepreneur is often stepping into. It's when the practitioner and the practice become one, the writer and the words become one, the singer and the song, the dancer and the dance merge together as one. And this is really possible for, for everyone, regardless of your archetype, but with the entrepreneur Oftentimes they really battle themselves of like, am I a workaholic? Am I obsessed about this? Like something's wrong with me for doing this. But oftentimes it's just a natural expression of what's coming through them. Does that mean they should just work forever forever? No, they are going to have their own boundaries, but it's going to be more seasonal. They're going to have some seasons that they're just all in and riding that, that entrepreneurial wave and other seasons that they need to step back and be in that sacred pause. So if you are that entrepreneur, feel what feels right for you and know that excitement are breadcrumbs guiding you towards your dharma. And if that excitement is there, the energy will be there. Wow. That sounds like
0: you too, honey. Yes,
2: it sounds like mm-hmm. you too, Kelsey.
0: Like the wow, the being really? and the doing, and the doing and the being. Yeah, because you live and breathe. That's true. I was show. thinking when you
1: when she said, so it, I was like, like oh, that oh that's like Kelsey. Me.
0: And when you're doing it, you're totally in alignment
1: because it's everything that you believe. believe. Mm-hmm. So that's Very so cool. Interesting. I love that. I want to hear too, Sahara, about the the nurturer. Yes.
2: So the nurturer's dharma is really to care and connect. They're here to dive deep with people, to understand them, to hold space for them, to listen to them. So they often go into working one-on-one with people, coaching, therapy, nursing, social work, something that they could really be connected to the people that they are helping. So Oprah is a really great example of the nurturer. You know, why do we love her so much? Even when she's at the staple center with tens of thousands of people around her, she sits on her chair next to another person and says, honey, what's really going on? And just allows that person to go so deep into their own truth. And that's that gift of the nurturer. You know, you know, juxtapose it with Tony Robbins. He'll get on that stage with the warrior energy and be like, clap your hands and stop your feet and beat your chest and like get everyone fired up. I mean, he literally has people walk on fire. That's very much of that warrior mind over matter energy. Whereas the nurture is much more, let me hold your hand and listen to you and hold space for you and nurture your way into your evolvement. So a lot of times motherhood brings us deeper into this archetype, um, but for some people, it's always naturally been there. So if you are a nurturer, just know you are meant to use this gift to care and connect with people and you should be using it in some sort of way in your career because you'll feel really disconnected from yourself when you don't feel connected to others. Mm -hmm. Now, the shadow aspect of it is sometimes you may have lack of boundaries. Knowing how much your care is needed, that you want to be there for everyone, that it feels really difficult for you to say no or to turn that same care and attention onto yourself. So for that nurturer to nurture themselves, to give themselves what they need and know that they'll be able to give more fully when their own cup is full.
1: Okay. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That really resonated with me.
0: Totally. Mm. That's so you. But I, I understand, I feel that as well. Yeah. So for the person who's hearing this and they're feeling a lot of these different things, how do you explain mm. that?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: So we're all nine of these archetypes in varying amounts. You're not just one. Mm-hmm. So when you do the assessment in my book, you're actually going to be ranking them in order. So you may be primarily teacher, secondarily nurturer, thirdly artist, activist, etc. Now, I tend to find that your top two archetypes really stay with you throughout your life. So if you were you know, born a teacher or born an entertainer, which is another one we can speak into, that's probably going to stay with you throughout your life. Now, the middle ones tend to shift according to what's going on. So you may have just had children or had a family member fall ill, and that brings you deeper into your nurture archetype. However, does that mean that now that's your primary dharma? Not necessarily, unless that was something that you were born with. So Ah. we tend to naturally, as kids, be that expression of who we are. And then life throws us different curveballs and different archetypes show up. Then we tend to have one archetype that's our least one, the one that we really don't want to do or get into. Maybe for someone, it's the entertainer. They really don't want to be on camera. Or for someone else, it's the warrior. They don't want to have confrontation. And that tends to be where your biggest work is. Because if you don't have balance in all of the archetypes, if you're not able to step into them, there's going to be kind of this hole in your pocket that's always going to be there. So, you know, for me, my last archetype was actually the warrior. I was like, I don't want to have a confrontation. I don't want to have awkward conversations. Like, I'd rather just let it go. It's not a big deal. However, until I was able to channel that inner warrior and speak up for myself and set those boundaries, I wasn't able to support my visionary and my teacher. So we got to be able to like play into the different Dharma archetypes, but that doesn't mean we have to be all of them equally at all times. Sometimes, you know, you're going to be more in your activist. Sometimes you're going to be more in your artist, but the true compass of who you are is going to remain with you throughout your life
0: that's so important to understand and i love it's the hole in your pocket damn that's a good one okay so we got the nurturer activist we'll the
2: interactivist as well, and then we'll yeah, do yeah um, the activist is here to bring about change, social, political, economical, financial. They're really grounded in what's going on in the world around them. So they're like, how are we going to, you know, become one with the universe when the children are hungry and our environment is being destroyed and there's all of these very, you know, 3D problems happening in the world and their attention is really focused to that. So they're here for that reason to bring about this change. Marianne Williamson is such a strong example of this. She's really activist and visionary. So, you know, though she has this beautiful, you know, spiritual books and understanding. She brings that energy towards how are we going to make the world a better place? And that's what brought her into politics and writing so many books about the political landscape of the U.S. So that activist is really deeply rooted. It has the sense of responsibility of, you know, we're here on this earth taking up space and resources. So it's our duty to give back. So in many ways, 2020 was the year of the activist. We got to see our own relationship with our inner activist. Is it really uncomfortable for us? Or were we all in? And of course, we're also going to have different causes. For some people, that is animal rights. I know for you, that's a really big cause. For someone else, that could be the environment or our food system or um, child trafficking or so many different issues out there. But the activist is really going to come through that lens of being grounded by how we can create solutions. So the shadow aspect of the activist is... I know I have felt like this before, but we have that we have that stereotype of the angry activist. You're putting out so much effort and so much energy into creating change and no one else is caring. No one else is even doing anything. In mm. fact, they're annoyed or mad at you for caring so much. So it could feel like you're just kind of chipping away at this wall that's never going away and it can get you really resentful and really angry and burned out. So, so many activists in the space burn themselves out and then kind of give up on that side of themselves. So it's important to always align your highest form of service with your highest form of joy. Because if you don't have both of these two entwined, it's not going to be sustainable. You know, we can all try to be of service in this way, but if we're not enjoying it and we're not truly passionate about it, it's going to fall through. And that's really what performative activism is all about. And, you know, we can just do things that we love, but when we're not really being of service to humanity, there's always going to be that void being there that only being of service can fill. So it's really bringing together these two things. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be your career, but maybe you spend your weekends volunteering, or you donate to a cause, or you have some sort of way that you are still involved. And again, we all have our own inner activist. We can't say, oh, I'm not the activist, so good luck with society. Yeah, You know, we, we all have that activist within us. For some of us, it's our primary archetype, and that is what we do fully. And for some of us, maybe it's, it feels a little bit uncomfortable and weird. And again, it's that hole in the pocket that we get to work on.
3: We have neighbors, you know, here, Sahara, that it's so beautiful, that, you know, older People from a different generation, and we just learned that they spend—I think—is it one day a week, Maria? That they clean the street. They yeah. go up and down the street and just no pick up trash. Norma.
0: Norma Mitch. No way, no way.
3: Were
2: that, they the ones with the koi issue? <laughs> no,
0: that's oh, no. that's in L.A. Yeah,
2: those, okay. are, the, those <laughs> are the bougie neighbors. Yeah. This is like
3: this is more, you know, uh, our people, wow. down to earth. You know, but yeah. but, but but they go out uh, once a week, and I didn't even know that, and that inspired me to say, God, I want to like what. That's so cool. Like, why not do that? Yeah. And, and I mean, mm-hmm. I think of like L.A., my God, we have so much, you know, like well, if I did that once a week, which I might, it's just cool. And now that you said this, that service and joy coming yeah. together. Mm-hmm. And I think there's, you know what I mean? So it doesn't have to be going out and, and saving the whales. You don't have to be Greta uh, you know, Thunberg, so, mm-hmm. so I, I always mm-hmm. pronounce that, but you can do it in microtransactions in yeah. these little ways. Yeah, yeah absolutely.
2: Cool. Okay, the entertainer, we're running out of time. Yeah, so the entertainer is here to make people feel laugh, cry, think, feel nostalgic. They want to give people an experience to be in a different emotional state. So they literally morph and shift. They're always reading the energy of the room and the space and in a way filling that void. So if you look at Jim Carrey, for example, such an entertainer, he's literally morphing and transforming into these different characters, but he's doing it in a way that causes us to see the world and question society in new ways, but we're laughing the whole time that you may not realize it. Sasha Baron Cohen is another great example. He's Ali G, he's Bruno, he's Borat, but really he's shifting the way that we see the world through entertaining us with these different characters. Mm. So the entertainer comes alive in mundane moments. Like, you know, when you're sitting in your car, like after a concert, you're stuck in your car in in that parking lot traffic, the entertainer in your car is gonna be like, let's do karaoke. Let me tell you the story. Let's do some skits. Like they love to have an audience around them and that's really what makes them come alive. So of course, many people in the entertainment industry, but it also could be just that person in your office that's always telling riveting stories or jokes or... Maybe you're someone that loves to make people laugh and you on the side, like learn stand-up comedy or do something to bring out more of that entertainer archetype. I think going back to TikTok, but that's like such a way that so many people are using their entertainer archetype. And like, let me just make this little skit that typically they may not have done or have the, the even thought to, you know, come up with. So that entertainer archetype is also ancient. We've always had entertainers in our society from the time of Shakespeare and the, the Greek theater and we need it. You know, life can be really mundane without entertainment. And I know that that is your background as well. So the shadow side of the entertainer, which I'm sure you've seen is feeling like you always have to be entertaining people to be loved, Mm -hmm. feeling like you always have to be interesting or riveting or funny and wearing all these different masks that you don't know who you truly are within. So a lot of them don't know who they are outside of their characters and feel like they wouldn't be loved if they just show up as they are. Mm -hmm. And that can often lead into addictive behaviors. So that's why among entertainers, you often see drug abuse and alcohol addiction, exercise addiction and other forms of addiction because it's that numbness and that void within of I'm not enough as I am. And oftentimes, you know, and all of these different archetypes can come from childhood trauma, but it's often, you know, in my home, I felt like I had to be making people laugh to be able to, you know, combat the darkness of what the experience was. So oftentimes they feel like it's their responsibility to be the preserver of the energy for other people rather than just being able to be themselves. So if you are the entertainer, know your gift is to entertain. And even when you're not entertaining, you're still loved.
3: So when, so good. when we had Artie Lang, the comedian did a movie with us years ago. And I, I forget when he, the, the minute he showed up at the door, one joke after another, like working so hard to entertain everyone. And I, and I, and I felt this, and I couldn't verbalize it like you, Sahara, because I don't have your training or your background, but now you've just made this really clear. This is someone with a terrible addiction problem. And, and I remember just being like, poor, Arty, just relax, go sit in the corner, chill. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like you don't, you know what I mean? You, you, you work mm-hmm. around the clock. You're always entertaining people, you know, and. And, wha- and
0: within that week. Yeah. Was that tragic incident where he stabbed himself he multiple stabbed, times. Yes. And,
3: and, and. <gasps> and Sorry, may I ask a question? Is with these archetypes? I think when we when we go to the extremes. So, you, were you talking about the extreme of the um, entertainer? I'd like to go back to the nurturer because um, you know a lot of times our health is compromised when we go to these extremes. Or right? if you're an entrepreneur and you're a workaholic, right? You you it'll manifest itself in so many different ways. But I know with nurturers, Maria's mom was a nurturer. And, you know, she has brain cancer. I've never thought that was a coincidence. We have Kelsey here, who's a big nurturer. And we have a major stomach issue going on with her. And I hope I'm not giving away too much information, Kelsey. No, you're fine. So, you know, and I, kn- I know they're tied.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And it's like, it's just so important to, I think, once you recognize the archetype, is really getting to know that dark side. And if it goes to the extreme, it will it will compromise you in health wa- mm. ways as well, physical health, right?
2: Mm, absolutely. Our body is always speaking to us the physical symptoms of what is energetically manifesting and has been manifesting. Our body is actually the outermost layer that it's been happening for so long that finally now it's manifesting in in dense physical form. So we can see that and you know, even go through all of the archetypes of how different dis-ease shows up. But disease is dis It's disharmony from your natural state. So when you're forcing yourself to be someone that you're not stepping too much into an archetype, trying to make yourself another archetype that you aren't, you're going to have that dis-ease. And if you don't address it, it will manifest into a physical imbalance. That's like Anita Morjani's story. Mm-hmm. That's
0: so Anita Morjani's story. If you haven't listened to that episode that I did with her, I did two episodes with her. That is a perfect example of it. Okay. So final question. We just learned about all the different dharmas. If you don't know still which ones are yours, obviously you can take the quiz and we can Put a link to the summary, uh, link in the summary Mm -hmm. for it so you guys can take the quiz. I think it would be great because even though we started the conversation, with being like, I don't know about these online quizzes. These are so hard. I'm like 20 different things.
3: Or Steve and the Mew. No,
0: I felt like that too, (laughs) Ken. A man man in his 30s. No, no, no. I I take a lot of these online quizzes, and every time I take them, Sahara, I'm always like, well, I'm like 50 of these things. Which answer am I going to give? And then I have to pay thoughtful attention to it and say, well, I guess I'm more of this one, so I'll go with this answer. Um, And that's where we talked about quiz buddies and you need a quiz (laughs) buddy with you that really knows you, that will help you assess, oh no, this is, you're really just going to this one because you want to be more like this, but you're really this. So a good quiz buddy will help you. But after saying all of that, when you, you know, nail down what each of these dharmas really are, you're like, oh yeah, you kind of nailed me. So The quiz is very, very helpful. Um, Do you have any other advice for people to find their dharma?
2: Yeah, so the quiz is a really great starting point, and I would read the full descriptions of each of the Dharma archetypes in the book because you may be surprised of, to find yourself or find a shadow aspect of yourself in a different Dharma archetype that you may not resonate with. And um, the one archetype we didn't get to, which I'll just briefly share oh, so they're not well, forgotten, is the researcher. Oh, yeah. I know. Steven.
0: Was it Stephen that was mm-hmm. the researcher? His yeah. secondary one was yeah, the yeah. was
2: mm-hmm. the researcher. The researcher is going to be sitting in the corner like you didn't say me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. That researcher is here to understand deeply, to be curious about the world, to look at the details. And I feel like so often in our society, we just blindly share things of like, here's this thing I saw on Instagram, must be true. And the researcher is really going to be the one to go Mm -hmm. into the data and and the analytics and the background of something. So researchers can be both past-focused or future-focused. So past-focused researchers are really looking at history, why the world is the way it is based on the past and future ones are really looking at where where the world is going, technology, sciences, um, data, all of those types of things. But really, both of them are going through the details. So I just wanted to make sure I didn't forget them because the researchers are taking notes and paying attention. <laughs> so yes, have yep, the
3: researchers. researchers. My mom's a researcher. Um,
2: Definitely. Yes.
3: Yeah. No. Very important.
2: Yes. So the researchers, you know, Deepak Chopra, for example, he has the researchers as well as the visionary and teacher, but even through sharing his spirituality, it's very much science oriented. How can I prove this with research? Dr. Joe Dispenza, super researcher mm-hmm. of how can I show someone with all of this research and analysis and data and facts that meditation actually works. So that's going to be the unique way the researcher sees the world. So if you're listening to all of these and you're like, I feel like sometimes I'm a researcher, but sometimes I want to do art. Like, do I have to choose one? Again, take the full assessment. You're going to be able to see what are the orders of your different archetypes. And then moving forward from there, I have a process called the Dharma Blueprint Process. It's, it's in the book. It's the next chapter. But essentially, you're going to put together these five different categories, your Dharma archetypes, the mediums that express through you. Is it writing, speaking, dancing, singing, you know, research, creating things with your hands? What are the mediums coming through you? What are you excited about? Because again, excitements are breadcrumbs guiding us towards our dharma. What are obstacles you've overcome or helped someone else overcome? And what is your superpower, your unique way of seeing the world? So you put together these five different elements and it gives you a really clear understanding of what your Dharma is. And I provide different examples so you could see it. Okay. I could look at this person's Dharma blueprint and see how they're showing up in the world. And it really gives you a stronger sense of your own.
0: I love it. I love the book and Sahara. I have to just say that you um, are amazing. And you just keep like leveling up your amazingness. Mm -hmm. Like you just are, are so eloquent and you're so great at teaching all of this and you can just feel how much it is you. And I just, I love it. And I loved watching your journey, um, and, and having you here. I think, um, I think you have so much that you're sharing with the world and, Mm -hmm. uh, and with us and, like I said, I have so many marked pages in here and so much more. So we'll hopefully be able to do another episode at some point because there's yeah. so much more to get to. But... Do a heal event with her. Excitements. Yeah. Are... Oh,
1: yeah. Let's do an Ayurvedic heal event. Yeah. I'll reach out, Zahara. That'll yeah. be so but much
3: fun. Excitements yeah, we have... are breadcrumbs leading us to our Dharma. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's really it for somebody who's, you know, confused and has multiple things going on. Like what gets you excited what lights That's you up clues. it's like resonance
0: and dissonance right <sighs> like you can talk about it in so many different ways but it's like whatever's lighting you up like go down that
2: path follow those breadcrumbs
3: this is, this is so mm-hmm. great sorry I, I i third everything maria and kelsey are saying about you it's uh-huh. really wonderful
2: Oh, well, thank you guys so much for having me. It's always such an honor and pleasure and so much fun to be here. I'm always so excited and I'm so grateful that our dharmas brought us together. (laughs) And I'm so excited to see the aha moments that listeners experience and where it takes them and Mm -hmm. the domino effect that living your dharma really has. So thank you for giving me the opportunity to be here. Of
0: course. So if you guys um, take the dharma quiz, which we will put everything you need.
3: I'm telling you, this is so cool because we're in such a period period of transition as you know so everyone is now going hey what 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 yeah. re, what really am, what are we doing here what am i doing here mm-hmm. yeah. and uh yeah i'm i'm in i'm gonna be giving you my updates like this is really yeah cool.
0: i want everybody to share with us on um on social or wherever you find us at this point you yeah. can find us in the DM. youtube comments you can <laughs> yeah. dm us i want to know what your dharmas are and um, do you feel like you're living them or do you feel like now this is going to push you to live them more? Mm. And I think that would be really cool to get to hear from everybody. The book is called discover your Dharma. It's available wherever books are sold. Um, the quiz is, um, going to be linked in here and you can find Sahara on Instagram at I am Sahara Rose. Um, and thank you so much.
2: Thank you for having me today.
0: All right. She's amazing. She's such an angel. She is so, like, just like grounded. Knows her her stuff. Yep, yep. Is is she's just again? This is when
3: I believe in angels, Mary, because angels speak through all you guys. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When you see like a twenty-one-year-old, even like Stallone to write Rocky at like twenty-nine, mm-hmm. like, how, insane. You, how, you know, and that's old, older per se, but like when you see we, Kelsey and I were talking about some of these young. There's a young singer. I think she was 20, and this beautiful song. I'm like, how would she be able to tap 17. into... 17. Yeah. Like, 17. How would she tap into the, yeah. this experience, this yeah. emotion? So, I, yeah, I just think...
0: What I love,
3: my favorite,
0: Rose, favorite thing that she said, hmm. basically, and I'll encapsulate it in my way, but is, stop trying to force something that isn't you. Yep. Right? And I do that a lot where I'm like, why... Why am I not more like that? Why am I not more like this? Like you I have, do, actually don't. Do yeah, that. I do. I have those internal discussions sometimes. Not with me. Well, not with
3: you. Because to <laughs> me, you're the standard of like just you're the one. Well, maybe because you know you're like that, but then you will tell me you Kevin, are. Though I agree
1: with Kevin. I am. Take your foot what? off the pedal. Meaning you. You are so you. Yeah, like yes, you're Marie. I you're agree. like
3: I'm doing. My, like listen, I'm. I'm. I'm going where my heart is now. I'm. Hel- helping people. I mean, you might internally feel like that, but you know, externally, I'm like that and everyone else is. And you're the one like, hey, stop, man. Just mm-hmm. whatever you're doing is fine. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, Maria? Like, I'm glad, like, you you think you're like that, but you actually, you, you're you're one to teach and guide us to say, guys, like, come on.
0: You're- well, I guess that maybe I think in, like, kind of, like, lower moments, I'll be, like, Got it. frustrated with myself and say, well, why why don't I know more? I should study more. I should read more. Mm -hmm. I should be, I should have a better vocabulary. Like I get like, I get like that sometimes where I'm like, well, how come like that person is, is doing that? And how come I can't do that? (laughs) And, like, I'll just say that stuff to myself sometimes. I but. N-
3: literally never hear you, especially about <laughs> other people. I never hear you say that. And, in fact, it's Stage Dad who's, who's – Stage Dad. Stage Dad who's always going, like, up, this one is this. When you're, like, you're actually genuine, authentic, and you care. And the, y- yeah. You're not like that, Maria. You're like, meh. I don't I think mean, you I mean, can I tell you how many, t- how many battles I've had to – just to get Maria's name uh, – in the title of a show mm. with Maria Manu. Like, I don't like, care. I, like, I don't <laughs> no, care. you don't. <laughs> I don't care. I'm like. I, I really don't. Yeah. Really don't. So anyway, Maria, no, you're pretty good about Thanks, being babe. you. And I think that's, what's really special. And the rest of us need that lesson. And
1: you know what else you're really good at too? Cause I have heard you say things like that before, but you shift out of them in like two seconds. You're yeah. like, mm. why, why didn't I get that or do, why am I not doing that? And then you're like, eh, okay, well I'm going to keep <laughs> doing my thing. You are, you're so good at shifting. And I'm always like, Thanks.
0: Yeah, shifting is something that I've really, really worked on in the last four and a half years. It's kind of a Greek thing. Well.
3: Greeks are pretty solid with, you know, there's certain cultures that are like, yeah, we're good.
0: Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I just love the word shift because I just like. It's a great word. You get zinged and then you're like, "Mm, let's go this way. Let's shift. (laughs)
3: Okay. Yeah, the shift thing has been helping me with like going to positive thoughts over negative. Yeah.
0: Mm. Why would you waste your day?
3: I I I Oh my
0: God, you've wasted so much time. <laughs> yeah. You've wasted a lot of time. Like anytime he's going down that rabbit hole. Stephen, how did you feel about your um descriptions that that she gave you for your dharmas?
4: I thought it was interesting because as like the researcher, I definitely see the fact that like I have to know what's going on and, and it kind of pushes me to kind of sit in the corner and examine as opposed to be involved like the warrior. Cause like with the warrior, I can do that. And that's what Kevin calls Russell Wilsoning. Basically like the warrior is Kevin's Russell Wilsoning of situations. (laughs) But for me, it's like, I don't want to have to be the warrior all the time. Like it kind of is like super draining for me to have to be the incentive behind everything right so as the researcher it's like nice for me to be like okay well i want to learn about this so let's go learn about this and let's figure out that and then as as the researcher develops i have those solutions from the things that i've just kind of studied and tinkered with without needing some kind of motivation or incentive behind it but then with the entrepreneur it's like okay i have all that how do i make money with it like how can i take this to create a feasible product to develop Economically, with these skills that I've developed as the researcher, you see, I think people are really, uh, really set up for failure when they're the entrepreneur, but then they're the artist because <laughs> it's really hard to make money on your art.
0: <laughs> but you were not the artist; you were the researcher and the entrepreneur, which is
4: one
3: of the most brilliant paths to entrepreneurship. Because they always say about planning, Stephen, and research. You know, like um, you've seen me just always just jump in, and it's been mixed results. Mm, so yeah. it's really cool that. You, you know this about yourself. Well,
0: this has been the longest episode that ever happened. So I'm <laughs> gonna wrap this show right now. Um, if you guys haven't joined us on Patreon, um we are really excited about what's going on over there. Aside from the extra shows and the ad-free shows, we are doing these amazing workshops we just did one with cindy dale mm-hmm. which was the heart chakra opening
1: and event. you can still get that so you guys if you miss the event mm-hmm. you can still
0: join patreon and it will be in your feed and you can watch so for ten dollars a month at that tier and we have lower tiers as well but at that tier, you can be a part of the workshops. And what's cool about that is you have exclusive access to the guests that we have on the show. We will talk to Sahara about doing a, a workshop yes. with her for sure. Um, and we are just so loving our Super Heels Squad there. So come join us, be a part of the Super Heels Squad. You can click the link tree in my Instagram, at Maria Manunos, or Better Together with Maria. While you're there, hit a little follow for us. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't um, given us a review on Apple Podcasts. We would love it. It really helps people to know um, what you're getting from the show and and how it's impacting you. And we have some new ones that we'll read this week. Each week we'll read them. Um, If you haven't gotten the medical manual or the life manual that has been provided in my newsletter, sign up at mariamenunos.com for the newsletter and we always make sure that it is of value to you. I am not going to just send you stuff that um, isn't valuable. And that's why they just come out when they're inspired and there's actually real mm-hmm. value for you. But the medical and the life manual is so huge. Um, you will fill it out, and the life manual, you'll keep a, a hard copy in your kitchen. And you can literally, at a moment's notice, just grab it, find the plumber's number, find the DirecTV account number, which we're kind of migrating away from TV, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Find Roku, the Roku pin. Roku. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, the medical manual, you know, if you're in a situation like we were, where we weren't home and my mom had to be rushed to the hospital, someone that is there can rip out the page with my mom's medical information, her allergies, her medications, everything listed in there that you can hand over to the EMT. Boom, they've got everything. Or all those boring calls that you have to deal with where they're like, can I have your this? Can I have your that? It's all there and easy for you. You don't have to go looking for it and searching for it. You keep digital copies as well. But this is my gift to you. I worked really hard to put it together so that you could have um, a much easier existence when it comes to Mm. health crises. And you can get that at mariamenunos.com. Again, sign up for uh, the monthly newsletter and it will be there for you. Uh, if you loved this episode with Sahara, check out episode number 22, where we talked all about Ayurveda and also uh, your seven chakras. Mm-hmm. Was that in the same episode? I think there were two different episodes. No, it was
1: the same one. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Well, how to balance your chakras. It's the
1: first Sahara episode.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, thank you to all of our yeah, squad I have members. a question
3: for you, for honey. You, I'm sorry. I've got listen to, to end
0: this show. Right, this my eyes important. are twitching. I'm okay, exhausted. well, listen.
3: I, I, you're going to be <laughs> for letting for down. You're going to let down your fans. You're going to let down the heel oh Squad. Now, regular guy Friday. <laughs> my Fridays face is twitching. Is, <laughs> please tell me regular guy fries is this a patreon show or is this a show for everybody so we're Fridays everybody it's for everybody well i wanted our our he doesn't love me i'm like in so much pain i
0: gotta end i love you guys (laughs) follow us at better together with maria i am sahara rose at kelsmeyer t that's stephen Lemie photo remember be nice people make good choices i'm slurring and be Be present present i say i don't even know my own hey, present. i'm totally freaking melting down <laughs>
1: we love you guys
0: Ugh,
3: Peace.
0: hey heal squad we have been on quite the journey together and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better and it makes us feel so good we love 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 it and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself spread the message and share the show